You will now tune in to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogar, and this is episode 48. Right, welcome back. Uh, this is episode 48. Um, I got a few stories that I wanted to uh, get into. Uh, the first story uh, is from TheHill.com. It says, Poll finds only 18% support defund the police. All right, so defund the police became a popular slogan last year, the summer of 2020. So you had George Floyd and you had Breonna Taylor, two of the most uh, high-profile cases of the year. So defund the police is just taking the funding, the, the money that would go towards police departments and that money will be used for social programs. Okay, that's what they, you know, the idea behind defund the police. When it comes to race and politics, black people and white people are divided based on our race. Black people are on one side being Democrats. White people are on the opposite side being Republicans. So race and political ideology were defining lines when it came to supporting for reallocating police funding. It says right here, 67% of Democrats polled supported the redistribution of police funds to social programs while only 16% of Republicans backed it, okay? When it come to race, when it came to race, 63% of black voters polled supported allocating portions of police funding to social programs, while only 35% of white voters agreed. So a new poll, a new poll, by LPSOS and USA Today showed that less than 20% of respondents supported defund the police movement, with 58% opposing it. The poll also suggested low support among Democrats and black Americans for the movement. Just 28% of black respondents and 34% of Democrats backed the campaign according to the poll. Again, you got black people on one side and white people on the opposite side. So of course, Republicans and whites do not support the movement. They oppose it. Okay, so overall, only 18% said they supported defund the police movement compared to 58% who said they opposed it. Okay? Opposition was also high to abolishing or eliminating the police. 67% said they would not support doing so. So it's not realistic to think that we can be independent of police, security, and safety. We're seeing an increase in crime, carjackings. And uh, I was reading an article, I think it was in Philadelphia, carjackings are up. You have to look at the number of the uh, youth unemployment rate is very high, 15 to 24 these are the same age bracket that are committing the most crimes right now. Both Dallas and Houston saw an increase in crime last year. Homicide rate went up. So it's very difficult to reimagine policing in a city where you have high crime. They did a, a, a article 
a news report a news report on this last year and this was i think on um fox news and uh, this was in dallas so so it's very difficult to reimagine policing with high crime so defund the police grew last year last summer when george floyd happened and also Breonna Taylor happened. The defund the police movement has placed a wedge among Democrats on Capitol Hill. Some Democrats believe the movement hurt Democratic candidates for the House and, and Senate last year. So Democrats believe it somewhat hurt them. They didn't get the support they thought they should. But defund the police is very difficult to support because people need safety protection. How do you provide safety protection for people in a city where they are asking to have less police, but it's more crime? It's very difficult to ask for this. So this is uh, was an article in thehill.com. It talks about a poll finds only 80% support defund the police. I, for one, I cannot get behind this because last year in my city in Dallas, there was an increase in crime. So I cannot get behind a idea to reimagine policing when we're seeing crime go up. We saw an increase in homicides go up. Uh, they did a poll, the CDC did a poll where black men were more likely, it, it was like 20 times more likely than their white counterparts to die of firearm um, homicides. Black men, also black women. So when these crimes are being committed by black men, and this is happening a lot in these cities, defund the police is not really a realistic idea. It grew, and then now it has died out. No one really is talking about defund the police now. It's not really a discussion like it was last year with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. So what happened? I don't think people support it like that. Crime is getting bad, y'all. It's, it's not getting better. From what I saw last year, crime went up. As long as we have a high number, a, a high rate of unemployment for the youth, 15 to 24, crime is going to always be an issue. Unless you solve the issue, not just poverty and um, raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. No, not just that, but making sure that the youth, 15 to 24, can find jobs so they don't have to go to crime, sell drugs, rob, kill, steal. You know, this is an issue that has to be addressed, but defund the police is not getting the support. All right, so let's talk about Dak Prescott's new contract. Uh, Dak gets four years, $160 million, $126 million guaranteed. So the biggest winner is whoever negotiated this contract. Um, an annual average rate of $40 million. 
Prescott is now the second highest paid player in the league, trailing only Patrick Mahomes. So Dak Prescott, uh, he gets hurt last year. He does not play a full season. Now, he's asking for money. You know, he thinks that he deserves more. Some people are saying that Dak Prescott does not deserve this money. It's a nightmare. Why would the Cowboys reach a long-term deal with the, a quarterback that was hurt last year? Why? Now, the Cowboys did have a good start. You know, it's evident that, that Dak is the, the leader. You know, if Dak is not on the field, the Cowboys struggle. You can tell. Um, the question is, will Dak produce? Now that he has his big contract, he got his money. He's behind Patrick Mahomes, for God's sakes. Mahomes has went to two Super Bowls already and has won one. Prescott, uh, Prescott hasn't showed anything yet, so people are curious to know if you are a Cowboys fan. You are curious to know if Dak Prescott, will he produce this year? And will the Cowboys have a better season, a winning season, to where they make the playoffs? And maybe they might might go deeper in the playoffs. But it's two players that will probably leave the team that he needs. Um, it's Ezekiel Elliott and also Amari uh, Cooper. So these two guys are, are left out. So they might be shopping around on a different market other than Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys. So um, Prescott has got his money, but what about Elliott and what about Cooper? You know, and also, too, will Dak Prescott, um, will he produce this season? And will the Cowboys have a winning season since Prescott has now got his his money, he has got his payday. Would the Cowboys produce? That's the question. All right, so six more victims have come forward. So six more people accused. T.I. and Tiny of sexual assault, lawyer says. So the troubles continue. So uh, if I was a prosecutor, I'll have brought charges already. So six more victims, alleged victims of T.I. and Tiny have come forward. With sexual assault claims against a couple, uh, New York-based attorney Tyrone A. Blackburn is representing several of the women who claim they were sexually assaulted, drugged, or kidnapped by Clifford Harris and Tamika T.I. and Tiny. Uh, the the uh, six more victims had reached out to him, the lawyer, after he sent a letter to authorities in California and Georgia calling for an, an investigation. So if I was a prosecutor, I'll have brought charges already, Blackburn said, who is representing 11 accusers, including a male who claimed T.I. and Tiny made terroristic threats towards him. Um, it says right here, Blackburn's letter detailed disturbing incidents involving the duo that date back to 2005. The letter contains accounts from five women, including a former member of the military, an exotic dancer, an intern, and Tiny's former assistant. Okay, so six more people have come forward. You know, uh, their troubles continue. This began because of a social media, I think it was a, a tweet or a video that, that came out of the assistant that was friends with Tiny. 
and she made these claims against the couple that that they um assaulted people, kidnapped people, drug people, and then from there more people came out, more women came out and said the exact same thing that this is what they do. Uh, this is what one person said. The woman who served in the U.S. Air Force claimed she partied with T Tiny and Tia at a club in L.A. in 2005. At one point, she consumed a drink given to her by Tiny that may have been laced with a narcotic. After returning to the couple's hotel, the woman began feeling lightheaded dizzy. She claims Tia, uh, Tiny washed her, washed her and T.I. Uh, in the shower. Once in the bedroom, the woman began throwing up and T.I. allegedly tried to insert his foot in her vagina. She told him no, and then the next thing she remembers was waking up naked on the couch with the towel thrown over her with a very sore vagina, the letter alleges. Uh, another woman claimed she was 17, a high schooler who interned for Tiny and T.I. in 2006. She had a similar tale of being drugged and throwing up, passing out, waking up naked on a bed, bleeding from her vagina. She also felt discomfort in her uh, her anus, the letter claims. A male employee of the couple was tasked with taking her home, and he allegedly made her take the morning after P.O. telling her she needs to learn to keep her mouth shut, and if she did not, that bad things could happen to her. And her family, a family member would later take her to the hospital where she learned she suffered trauma to her anal cavity due to intense anal penetration. So this is very graphic stuff, man. Um, T.I. has a long history. He's a criminal dating back to 98. So he's no stranger to misconduct, crime, criminal activity. You know, this is what T.I. does. He has that persona, the image that he's this reformed guy. You know, he uh, made a few bad choices, but he's doing better. He's a activist for black people. Um, but T.I. is the worst of the worst, a criminal who disguised himself as a good black man, but he's not. You know, him and, and his wife is drugging and raping and kidnapping people. And these women have come forward and... People should not just dismiss this as just, oh, they just making the whole story up and just side with T.I. You know, I would never side with T.I. For one, you're a criminal. You're a criminal. So I would never side with you. You have a criminal record. You make it seem like you're this good guy, but you're not. So people should not side with Tiny and T.I. Black people don't do that shit. If it comes out that they are in fact guilty of it, we will look stupid trying to defend them. So don't do it. You know, don't go the extra mile to defend Tiny and T.I. You know, they're facing some serious allegations right now. And this has nothing to do with trying to bring down a successful black man. No, you know, you made a choice. You did these crimes that, that you were doing. You kidnapped people. You drug people. You rape people. So at the end of the day, whatever consequences you have to face, you have to face it and deal with it. You know, so six more people have come out against T.I. and Tiny 
and accuse them of sexual assault. All right, so if you tell the truth, you will shame the devil. Uh, the truth shall set you free. You know, these are sayings that I heard growing up a lot. The devil is your own mind, your own thoughts. That's the devil. I don't believe in a actual devil. The devil, in my opinion, is, is your thoughts, your own mind. That's your devil. That's also your God. It's in your mind, your thoughts, what you are thinking about. It's either good or bad. Okay? So, growing up for me at 16, 16 years old, I saw my father leave home. Both my father and my mother did not get along. They had a rough marriage, a failed marriage. It was almost like it was my father's fault. It was his fault based on what my mother would say. He was bad with money. Uh, he cheated. He was not the best father. He didn't love me. Also, with my mother, I did not believe she liked or loved my father. I think it, it was more about tolerate each other because you had kids together. I never saw them go out together on dates to the store, to church, nothing. My mother was always by herself. My father was always by himself. So it's, they were married, but they, they weren't together. When I got married and, and I met my wife's parents, I was just fascinated because they got along so well. They laughed, they talked. Everywhere he went, she went. Everywhere she went, he went. My wife's father would not eat until his wife got home. So to me, that was something new because I, I never saw that growing up. So at 16 years old, my father left home at a time period where I needed him the most. And I thought that it was my father's fault and my mother was not responsible. It wasn't until years later when I got some sense that my mother also played a role in the failed marriage. The problem is my dad was responsible. He told me he was sorry for, for everything that happened. That he wished that things could be different. And he told me this before he, he uh, passed away. So he was responsible. My mother, not so. My mother was not the most responsible person for the finances, for his, her mental health. My mother will also lie. She did not tell me the full truth of what happened. I got her side of the story, the bad part, but not the full truth. I never really got my father's side of the story. My mother always say, you know, I was young, you know, uh, this was the first guy I met, whatever. When it comes to sex, women allow access to it. Men don't. Women say yes or no. Men can't do that. If men do it, it's, it's called rape, okay? So I found out at 16 years old that single mothers cause trauma. They are the trauma when it comes to young men, young boys and girls, teenagers. They grow up fucked up in the head, confused about everything.
They have emotional problems. Young men grow up having emotional issues. They can't control their emotions until about 35 or 34 years old. All because they grew up in a single parent household with no father around to show them how to manage their anger. How to, to not react to everything. Be cautious. Be alert. Be aware. Know people are watching you. You know, these things are, are very important for a young man and young woman growing up. So I saw a, a episode on Love and Hip Hop. It was Mendici and he was talking with his mother. And she was trying to avoid a conversation that, that they were having. She brought up the fact that she used to date a guy. And Mendeecey was like, I don't know, even know why you even brought him up. But anyway, since you did, what happened to him? Because I remember him being around. He was your boyfriend. I called him dad. I liked the guy. He stopped coming around. And when I saw him on the street, he walked past us and he would not speak. So imagine for a young boy growing up, you call this guy dad, a guy your mother had been with for a while. All of a sudden, he he stops showing up. You see him, he walks past you and don't even speak. So the mother made it seem like it was all on the guy. That she was not responsible for anything. And this is the problem we're having in these households with single mothers. They are lying and not telling the truth. My mother did it. I know a lot of women do it. They're single mothers. They lie to make themselves feel good. And they think that they are protecting themselves and the children or the child. They are not. You got women that are not stable from a mental standpoint finances not stable the father is more stable both financially and from from a, a mental standpoint he's more stable the mother would not give up custody to the father because she does not want him to have that right or make it seem like he's a better parent so you got women that's lying to their children causing trauma if you told the truth, life would be a lot better. If you didn't lie. If you told these children, look, you was unwanted, unplanned. You was unloved. I was not ready for you when you, when you was born. No, instead, women would say some shit like, oh, you found love again. Having a baby does not mean you found love. Having a baby just means you were fucking. He was having sex. That's it. Having a baby does not mean you found love if the daddy is not around. You didn't find love. You let a guy come inside you. That was it. It was a um a video clip of Cam Newton having a conversation with a teenage boy. You can tell again he was raised by women. Deflecting. Avoiding the conversation that was very serious. Joking about it. That's a very feminine trait. This is a very serious conversation. So now you got kids growing up. 
single parent households, uncoachable, future unemployed kids. When they become adults, they will be unemployed. You can't tell them anything. You, you can't be tough on them because they'll get fragile and complain, cry about, oh, you've been too hard on me and all this shit. Single mothers are causing trauma. This is the, the main reason why when you go into black communities, it's fucked up. Crime is up. No men around. In the show Snowfall, I was, this is my favorite show Snowfall. It was a man that told his wife, I'm not, I'm not going to sell no drugs. The wife, the auntie insisted. She liked the money. She liked the material shit. So you sell crack and destroy your entire community all because you want some material shit. The man, the man, the husband, the uncle was not with it. He was like, no, I don't want to do it. But it was the women that was pushing them to do it. So if you don't tell the truth, if you lie, you're going to traumatize these kids. If you are not preparing for these children, if they are being born unwanted, unloved, it's traumatizing these children. This is what's happening across America in black households, white households, Hispanic households. Every single household is, if it's a single mother, it's going to be a problem. I guarantee you these kids are going to be traumatized by some shit they see. Their mother would not tell them the truth. They're going to grow up living in a fantasy world. They think that things should always go their way. This is a very feminine. Men know this. That things will not always go your way. The issue is this to where if women are not willing to get on the scale with the man and be judged the exact same way, it would never be equal. Stop asking for equality. If you are not willing to get on the scale with the man and be judged the exact same way, stop wanting to be equal. We're not equal. So until these women, these mothers, single mothers start telling the truth. You're going to have a fucked up child traumatized by everything you do because you're not ready for it. You're not ready to be a mother at 16 years old today. You're not ready for it. You haven't, haven't earned enough money, save money, invest money. You're, you're not ready from uh, for a child from a financial standpoint, a mental standpoint. You're not ready for it. But yet you still have a child and tell the child, oh, it was love. No, it wasn't. So I like most young men that went through it. I, I went through it. I went through some psychological trauma with my mother and my father splitting. My mother didn't tell the truth about what happened. Even now, she still kind of suffers from from it whenever I, I I want to talk about it she avoids the conversation lying deflecting 
making excuses up, playing victim, the the basic thing that women who are single mothers do play victim. You saw the uh, the story of the the young woman that went to Atlanta. Didn't have enough money to get there. Bad choice from a financial standpoint. Bad choice to go to a, a city with 400 bucks and no way back. And you were depending on a unemployment to come in. Nobody shamed her for that, really. She got awarded for it. She got money for it. People felt sorry for her. This is what I mean. Traumatizing these kids, these single mothers cause more trauma than what we think. And that's just my story about how when my mother is 16 years old, my father and my mother split. And my mother made it seem like it was just my dad's fault. And it, it was not his fault. She was also responsible as well. But she did not want to be responsible. She didn't want to tell the truth about what happened. So me and my brothers went through some trauma because of a single mother. Thank you for being able to tune in and listen to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogor, and this was episode 48.